Hello and welcome to the Man On Podcast. I am Darren and joining me as always is Martin and Craig. How are you chaps? Yeah, good. Thank you, buddy. No technical hitches tonight. Touch wood. So far, so good. 40 seconds in. It's fine. Look at that. It was YouTube all along. Um, how, how, how are the fantasy world going for you? You can show both, Darren. You, you, you can take the next two minutes of the pod if you like. Because, uh, Thank you, Errol. Thank you. It doesn't happen very often, does it, Martin, that Darren gets a show <laughs> both like this? We'll give, we'll give him his moment. Uh, right. You say that. I'm going to go back through the last three pods that we've done together as an FPL game week. And I bet you, Darren, in the bottom right-hand corner, has been there at least the last three times. I'm not having it. You're uh, right in that box. That's why you've done it. You just keep putting your name in there. <laughs> yeah. Even if I haven't got the highest score, I'm just like, Darren, make up a number. Done. And because you keep um, playing a chip every week, that helps. Uh, yeah, it's not gaffer. I don't have chips every week. <laughs> I'm not having this slander. Um, but yes, I'm having a very, very good week. Uh, I've got a dogie player now. Uh, if he gets a double digit, it's 100 points for the FPL game week, which is nice. Sky's ticking over nicely, as it is for both of you guys. In fact, got to be honest, Sky is going really well for a lot for, for a lot of us, actually, isn't it? Um I'm happy with that, but it's in a Sky pod. It's an FPL pod, so we should probably crack on with uh, game week 10's fixtures. Speaking of a team that are playing right now, Spurs Palace. Yeah, Palace Spurs first up, so obviously the Friday night game. Um, So just a couple of things to look at. First off in the left-hand side of the screen there, um, something I noticed on the FPL site today, just sort of stumbled across it. There's There's a filter where you can set a player's value, so it's their total points divided by their value. Um, and it gives you a value index. Um, so the top five in the league, um, two of them are from Crystal Palace. So Jerksham Anderson, uh, 4.9 cost, 51 points, gives him a value index of 10.4. Then we've got Douglas Louise, Matthias Jensen, um, and then Sam Johnstone on here as well in fourth, and then Kieran Trippier. So, yeah, just show, just uh, just for a bit of interest, really, the Palace defence proving really good value. Maybe something to consider for game week 10 wildcarders. Um, the, the fixtures are a, a bit of a mixed bag, aren't they? But decent decent backup, at least, providing good value. Um, so, yeah, there's that. Um, I know, you're, I know you're, you've got wildcard pod specials coming out, Craig, so won't dwell on it too much. But you think either of those will be anywhere in consideration? I've just took Sam Johnson out of my team. I've had him since game yeah. week one, and now I've not got him in my team. Um Palace, it's a possibility for a defender. Um, I need to make a decision on whether, basically, without going into too much depth, a doggy, I'm happy to be a third defender or a rotating third and fourth defender, or whether I just want to use him as a as a fourth defender. So it, it fits onto this slide. Those Tottenham fixtures coming up aren't amazingly good, but a doggy is obviously proving good value for money as well, although he's not in that particular chart. So he's one of those defenders I feel like you, you'd be happy to pay every week. And if you own him, he's got the attacking capabilities that you might want to play him every week. But I feel like I can get three better right now than him. So in my head, I want him as my fourth defender, first sub every week. And if he has to sub on, then I'm happy with it. Um, but it depends if I can afford three other defenders I actually want. If I feel like I can't, and then a doggy becomes maybe my third defender every week, then I maybe can see he or, or Anderson, uh, Tyrant Mitchell, or someone like that as my fourth defender. But... I'm trying really hard to avoid players that I call from average teams, those teams that are going to finish sort of mid-table or lower, because I feel like there's enough value in the game and enough 
there's enough cheap players in the game that I can get a wild card full of players that play for sort of top six slash top eight. And do I need to be relying on starters and squad players from Crystal Palace, from Brentford, from um, Wolves and, and teams like that? So mm-hmm. a lot of it will hinge, obviously, if I go for the double up of Salah and Haaland, I'm not set on that yet. Um, if I do, then I may need to rely more on players from those sort of teams. So at the moment, I'm not intending to have any, but if I decide I want that extra big hitter in or an extra two big hitters in, then they may be the the players that have to come in as well to to help fund that. So not desperate to own. The fixtures are fine, but I feel like I can do better than owning sort of Crystal Palace players right now, which I don't know how you feel about that. No, I think that makes sense. But um, yeah, I mean, he's the best value player in the game so far, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's you know, is an automatic pick going forward, does it? Understand what you're saying. I know um, it's one of the things we spoke about in pre-season, wasn't it? About, you know, not relying on um, players from teams that are liable to go on a bad run and sort of finish mid to bottom half table if you don't need to. So, um, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it could be the compromise. It may have to be the compromise if you want Thalas, Sun and Haaland as an example. I think all three are affordable with compromises. Mm. Um and this will be one of the compromises. But and then your next question is about Sun. Do we need him as well? <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, to give uh, sort of a, a talking point from both sides, I guess. Yeah. Can we sell Son? This was a bit of a, a selfish one from me. But um, I guess other people are in the same boat, especially if you're on wildcard. Like, do you leave him in the team? Um, but I'm not on wildcard. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking at Son in my team now. And I've got two free transfers. And if I bring him down a little bit to, say, Martinelli or Bowen, um, then it allows me to get like Ollie Watkins as well, for example. So um, is he maybe is he maybe dispensable um, when you think about the different pairings that you can get? Um, West Ham have obviously got good fixtures coming up. Um, Martinelli's back fit now and Arsenal's fixtures aren't bad, mm. that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, what's on the screen is just um, the his um, performances since game week three. So you can see he's not played 90 minutes since game week three. Um, Granted, he's come off on the 78th and 79th a couple of times. Um, But the others are kind of 75 or sooner. Stubbs, um, bit of question marks. Is he 100% fit? I know a lot of Spurs fans were not very happy that he played against Vietnam um, in the international break. We probably didn't really need to um, and things like that. And, and And the fixtures... Are not amazing either. Um, maybe don't necessarily suit Son as well. So like Crystal Palace away, um, you know, quite a defensive-minded team. You know, Chelsea. Um, you got Villa in there. Man City. Newcastle's not that far away. So fixtures aren't amazing either. Um, so it's quite a lot of money tied up, isn't it? So, uh, what do you guys think about Son going forward? I, I don't have him. Um, I don't actually have any Spurs offensive assets right now, and, and I don't think I'm getting any either. The fixtures are just too up and down for me. They're not returning heavily, um, so for me, I think there's better assets there. I think you can, I think you can sell Son. I think he's a good way out now to to free up some cash. There are much better alternatives with good fixtures coming up, which I'm sure we'll move on to in a minute. But you know, the likes of Brighton, Villa, West Ham, for instance much better fixtures than Son would free up. Well, yeah, straight straight swap and would free up about two or three million for other places. So definitely, uh, I definitely think we can sell Son now if you if you own him. I was Where waiting are you, for Craig? <laughs> um, 
he's one of the hardest decisions for my wild card at the minute. One, if you compare him to someone like Ollie Watkins, I think they both play for good attacking teams. They're both playing like on the shoulder of the last man, looking to run in behind. Sun gets more points for scoring because he's a midfielder. Sun gets a point for a clean sheet because he's a midfielder. And Sun is proven as a elite finisher who sort of outperforms his XG, where Watkins is doing that currently, but will he keep on doing that? Mm-hmm. That's a debate. So comparing Sun to Watkins as, as, a, as a two, I know Watkins is cheaper, but there's a lot more in Sun's favour, I feel like. And he's, these harder games, I think, might suit him because, again, teams with deep blocks and, and things like that where he can't run in behind and get space. We saw him against Arsenal right away, two goals. So these fixtures don't concern me as much with him. And then you compare him to someone like Salah, in my case, where, again, attacking player, linchpin of the team, um, his fixtures are a bit weaker than Salah's, but he's playing through the middle, where Salah's playing, obviously, out wide. They, as far as we know, they both take penalties. They both got those perks of extra points for goals and things like that. Is Salah really a three, four million asset stronger than Sun? I don't necessarily think so. He's basically got better fixtures for now, and that's worth three, four million. So... A lot of people, I think, looking at wildcards and stuff now will be looking at Salah and Watkins as being non-negotiable. And I think there's arguments that Sun makes sense over both of them. And I think affording all three of them, especially if you want Haaland as well, is really hard. That four of Haaland, Salah, Sun, Watkins makes wildcard really tricky and you, you make a lot of compensations, I feel like. So... I haven't got my head around that yet. Who, which one I'm prepared to to drop? Is it Watkins because he's overperforming to a point that's not sustainable? Is it Salah just because as good as he's doing, he's not worth four million more than other midfielders? Or is it Son because he's a minute's risk and because the other two are just performing so well right now, you have to have them. So, yeah, I, I don't know is the only answer. He's one of the two or three players right now that he's still in my draft at the moment because I've got money tied up in him and I don't know. So I've left yeah. him in. Um, we'll see at the end of the week. But I'd be reluctant to sell him, I think, is, is probably the answer. Because I think he scores against anyone, Tottenham score against anyone. And the team is kind of geared up towards assisting him right now. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a risk getting rid, I think. Okay. It's a risk, yeah. So I'm th- I'm, yeah, I'm thinking of uh, thinking of doing it. Not, not 100% set, because I, I can do other things, like just get two Brighton players in, for example, and hope that goes okay because they're not too expensive but um yeah it does open up possibilities i think i've always he, been consistent so watkins is my question because i say he if you're using him to facilitate money to upgrade someone else to watkins mm. are you that convinced that watkins is better than him right now all things considered better than son or yeah yeah i think he's i, th- I, th- I think i like watkins fixtures a bit better yep. um and I'm more, I'm less worried about Watkins getting a rest in the league. Um, I don't know, maybe maybe the talk about Son not being 100% fit is overblown. I don't know, maybe I should put that out of my mind, um, possibly. But I think, yeah, I've just there's just a, a nagging doubt that Son might get a game off soon as well. Um, and yeah, I think, I think it's tight. I th- like I say, I think it's the combination. Like, so if I keep Son, I can't really get Watkins. But if I sell Son, I can I can get somebody like Bowen or Martinelli, and I can get Watkins as well. So it's that that's, that's, it's that com, it's yeah, that combination. But no brainer for me in that in that regard. I think these are the fun decisions we've got, right? It is. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let's see how much it's we not, open. Um, not much. Yeah, it's not straight. It's it's, it's not straightforward. 
Um, well, I'm, I'm glad you put that side across, Craig, because I uh, otherwise it would have felt like, oh yeah, we're like sell song, but we're not saying that at all. Um, it's just a yeah, a discussion point. Of course, that is um, a uh, Move on to the next. Yeah, let's go to the next game. Uh, just quickly in the chat, I'm 1974 said, "Holy shit, Darren!" I think that was in regards to how what the score I'm on. Glasto said, "Hi and bye," because he's away for half term. And then I'm 1974 said, "A great Vicario save, and he needs Son to blank." Um, I also need Son to blank, and I also saw the save, and and he's right. It was a very very good save. It could very easily be one nil to Fulham. Um, Cool. Uh, on to Chelsea versus Brentford and, and Goal Palmer. Lovely little pun yeah. on his name. Who came up with that genius? It's a nice little pun, <laughs> isn't it? I, I did the slides today, so I'll take that one. Um, yeah. Um, what, what it is, it was one of my mates, actually. One of my mates bought him in draft um, a couple of weeks ago before we knew he was on penalties. And um, and I said, and he, he called him Goal Palmer in our chat. And I said, you literally only bought him in so that you could say Goal Palmer in the chat. Um, but yeah, so anyway, um, yeah, two two penalties, obviously, but I think he's looked pretty good from open play as well. To be fair to him, isn't he? Does yeah. um, so you could just see his heat map on the left on the left hand side there. Um, so yeah, kind of coming in, drifting in from the right. Um, yeah, two goals so far, xG of two point three two. But like, like I say, we've got you know, there's two penalties in there. Um, yeah, xA xA just under one as well. I mean, this th- is it's a small sample, isn't it? But um, just uh, just to get him into the conversation, really. Um, I, he looks good. I, I'm not feeling a need to get him at the moment. There's so many yeah. good midfield options, isn't there? And um, my cheap players are kind of all in defence at the moment. I don't have Trippier, I don't have Trent. So all my kind of budget players are at the back for me personally. So, you know, unless I decided I wanted to sort of change system, change formation to get to get one of Trippy or a Trent in. He's not really on my radar, but I don't know about you two. No, is, is the blunt answer for me. Um, I've got a couple of fires to put out and I know who I'm getting in. I know he's a cheaper make weight, but actually, to be fair, don't like the fixtures at all. Uh, he's not going to get a penalty every game and Ch- Chelsea haven't been great. You know, they've been a little bit better recently, I'll, I'll be honest with you, but those fixtures put me right off. I, I expect them to, if I'm completely honest... I reckon they're going to really struggle in the next five and six. I think they'll be okay against United and potentially Brentford, but I do I don't see anything from the others. Um, so for for me, it's a it's a no. There's there's better players. Okay, I went on Craig. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A couple of decisions for me with him is at the moment. I think it's pretty clear that at that price, he's a better eighth attacker than Cameron Archer. So if you're looking to get eight attackers that you wouldn't actually actually mind playing, because at the moment, Archer, everyone that's got him has never played him, right? He's a first sub in desperate times almost. So if you want for for 0.3.4 more, you can have him who takes penalties in a better team. I think it's a bit of a no-brainer from that sense. But as you say, he's not going to get pens every week. Well, you wouldn't think so, but they are playing Sterling and Mudrick out wide, who are both dribblers, can go either way and are likely to get fouled, I would say. They've got attributes that drive them into the box and then they could get fouled. Interesting what happens. He's been playing like false nine, hasn't he, a little bit lately. I'd be interested if he carries on playing there when others start coming back. I think mm-hmm. it worked against Arsenal quite well because it isolated um, their tricky wingers against Arsenal's fullback. Sterling against Zinchenko in particular was a bit of a mismatch. And that was caused by Palmer dragging Gabriel sort of away from that 1v1. 
So I don't know if he played as a nine against Arsenal purely to cause that isolation or whether they're going to use him there more often. I think on a wild card, if you're having Salah and Haaland, I think it's a bit of a no-brainer to stick in as your fifth mid. Um, leave him first sub for most of these next batch of games. If he needs to come on, you might get lucky with him. But if I go with one of Haaland or Salah, I think I can get five better mids than him. The, the mids are, is, is the important position, I think, in FPL. And do you want to take a spot up with someone like him yeah. with these fixtures? I don't think anyone would argue he's not value for money, but in terms of fixtures and what you can get off someone, I think there's there's five better, certainly. Yeah. And that, that's the decision, I think, between him and Archer. I think he's better, but there's not really three other strikers. I suppose you could go in with, with Haaland, Alvarez and, and Watkins or something as your front three. But beyond those three, you're, you're punting then, aren't you? If you're going Ferguson, Darwin, Jesus, someone like that, Hoyland. If you'd rather go for five really solid mids... That are all sort of you may, maybe you can get away with having like Matoma as your fifth most expensive if you go for Archer for example up front and it's that combination really is Palmer that good um, probably not so I think I think it's if you want Haaland and Sadler I think you you have him as your fifth mid if you're only having one of those two you can probably do a bit better is probably my take it's fair yeah, yeah. I think you're right about midfielders and yeah I I, I definitely on that standpoint at all as well uh, I'm not thinking of bringing any of these two in should we move on. Yeah, I think we can move on. Arsenal, Sheffield United. This is a big one. <laughs> yeah, um, I've, I've deliberately kept this simple because obviously um, Craig's got his wildcard series out and one of them is dedicated to Arsenal assets. So I've kept this deliberately, deliberately simple. Um, just the top five Arsenal players for bonus points, uh, BPS, XG and XA um, for the season so far. So you can see Saka comes out on top. Um, for all three, um, for the BPS, White is second, then it's Saliba, then it's Rice, then it's Odegaard. Um, for XG and XA, Odegaard is in second. So appreciate Martinelli's not played all the minutes, but you know Saka and Odegaard are the top two for both XG and XA so far. Um, there's been a couple of like murmurings about Odegaard recently, hasn't there? But I mean, it's still he's still you know coming out pretty well here, isn't he? Mm. Um, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure it will come back around for him. Um, or, or, or maybe you guys, uh, you know, ag- agree with the murmurings. I'm not sure. But um, yeah, so for the benefit of the audio, top BPS, Saka, White, Saliba, Rice, Odegaard. XG is Saka, Odegaard, Nketiah, Jesus, Havertz. And XA is Saka, Odegaard, Trossard, White, Martinelli. Um, so White comes out of this quite well as well. He's um, fourth for his expected assists and second in the bonus. Um, so he comes out of it quite well as well, but mm. you know when you've got when you've got Saliba there, he is he is a bit more expensive, isn't he? And Gabriel, obviously, he's a bit more expensive. White, so yeah. debatable whether he's worth it, but uh, he does come out quite well. So, so, so for me this week, uh, like I need to prioritize Arsenal because I I have none, um, which is a bit of a problem. So, as I explained to you guys earlier, I I'm definitely need I'm definitely getting a defender in. Uh, and it looks like I can afford Saliba if I go the way I want to. I can't get Saka. It's too much. I did look at Martinelli, um, but then I have to sort of negotiate on the on the second. I'm taking a minus eight. I don't have a choice, I don't think, this, this week. Um, if I want to get my team into a really good shape going forward, it's, I've just got too many injuries. So um, I don't know why I don't trust Martinelli. Um so I, I kind of have changed my option again and might just be going with one Arsenal 
Uh, I mean, the fixtures going forward are, are quite good. That's that's the problem I've got, you know, apart from Newcastle, Burnley, Brentford, Wolves, Luton. I, I, I kind of do need more. So I don't know. This doesn't help me because Saka looks really good. <laughs> um, and kind he's of... He's the first name on my wildcard, Darren. To be honest, that... of all of in the game, he's the first name on my wildcard. Yeah, it's kind of like... This looks like he's a necessity. <laughs> um, so I kind of might have to have a look at what I was going to do. <laughs> uh, and maybe it'll be Saka that comes in instead. Um, I'm going to have to prove it. I mean, I'm sure... I'm, I'm sure Salah would come out similar, but given Saka's top for all three, Sheffield United at home, there's probably not a better fixture in the league. No. Are, are, are people going to overlook Saka captain this week? Uh, like, I, I feel like it would be a great, a good differential and it's not it's if, far from crazy, is it? But, no. If I didn't have Salah this week, then in, I'd definitely be doing it. Um, and if I bring Saka in, he's probably going to be vice. <laughs> but I still think, I think we've got, what is, is Salah against Luton? Or forest. forest, not forest. forest. I mean, that's not uh, yeah, okay. It's not the easiest, but yeah, um, you could make a case for Saka against Sheffield United, really, couldn't you? Um, yeah, there's a, it's a tough one, but arguably Saka and Salah are the two players you really want this week, aren't they? You'd 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 captain Salah if you had both. I I think so, but don't hold me to that right now. <laughs> Because if I do get Saka in, I will see a home fixture against Sheffield United as pretty, pretty mm. big for Saka. Um, but it's one of those, like it's one of those where Arsenal went. If they're on top of their game, Arsenal they can flip, like free flow, score as many as they want, and it's always that possibility that we've seen them do that before, and Saka not actually get any returns. Um, you know, Martinelli, Odegaard, Jesus, they're the ones that'll end up scoring, and Saka will actually get nothing. Bar is. Uh, Bar is one clean sheet point. Um, it's happened before. I'm pretty certain of it. So, yeah, it's if Liverpool are returning nine times out of ten, you're looking at the Egyptian king. So mm-hmm. that's a bit. It's All a right. bit scary. All right. What What do you think, Craig? If you've got both, would you put people off captaining Saka over Salah? Or? No, I'd captain Saka this week if I had both. I think. To defend quite well against big teams, like they kept Arsenal pretty quiet on the opening day, right? And there's been a few other games like that where they've proven to me they can defend resolutely. Um, and as much as I criticise them for not having the ball and not like it's called football and they don't like having it, they rather let the other team have all the possession all their games. They still seem to defend quite well as a unit, and I think some of their more recent recruits have improved them. Sheffield United, I still think are an absolute mess. You've commented before, Mike. You expect them to finish bottom. They've shown nothing to me that makes me think they're any more defensively sound. And Arsenal are a bit more trustworthy, I think, than Liverpool in terms of dominating a game like that. They've, they've proven they can keep the ball, pen the opposition back, just swamp them and just basically dominate them in that final third. Liverpool, the way they play is a bit more chaotic. Um, I just feel like Liverpool might try and force things too much, be a bit too much chaos, and they might struggle to break Forest down. I expect them to win, but I don't think Liverpool will score threes and fours against Forest. I think like two. Arsenal could rack up five or six here, couldn't they? It wouldn't surprise you. Mm. I think Arsenal's ceiling is higher than Liverpool's based on yeah. like various factors this season. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm, I'm tempted to be honest. Um, I'm not sure which way I'll go with it yet. Because I kind of feel like because the captaincy might be a little bit split, it's a week where you can maybe afford to take a bit of a gamble. That's true. Um, so, 
Haaland away to Man United. There's going to be people on Salah. Um, there's going to be people that, that have decided, you know, not to go with Salah because of his price. And well, we Watkins might get a, got Luton as well, right? Yeah, Watkins has got Luton. Some people might go for that. So Definitely. I feel like I feel there's there's not going to be anyone with like massive EO. There might there might be nobody that's over a hundred percent this week. So I wonder if it's a week to just go with the you know, when they're all good options, I wonder if it's a week to go, you know, with the slightly lower one in Saka, maybe. You've convinced me. Well done, guys. <laughs> well, I'd say it's not it's not Salah for Watkins, I'm unsure about because Villa are obviously on fire at home and is scoring like three plus goals in a lot of home games. But even as a Villa fan, I, I still don't completely trust them not to throw an absolute stinker unexpectedly in a game. Where Arsenal, I think you can trust them to play to their level and you know what you're going to get with them breaking teams down. I'm not saying Luton are the best defensively, but I don't think it's guaranteed that Villa smash them because Luton have got to turn up looking to defend, I would think, in that game. Where maybe West Ham had felt like they might have a little bit of a go going forward. And it was really close at half-time. It was only when we got the penalty in the second half that the game opened up a bit. Yeah, true. Uh, Brighton played into our hands. We have proven we can break down these deep blocks, but it depends on how much appetite Luton want to show to attack. I don't think it will be loads, to be honest. So I think Villa's game might be harder than it might look on paper. I think Liverpool's might be harder than it might look on paper. This one, um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be amazed if Arsenal didn't score at least three. I think in this, mm. I'm not. I can't say the same for Liverpool and Villa. I I'm not guarantee guarantee those two will score three. If you go, yeah. if you had Martinelli, would you captain him? Mm, I think that's a bit yeah. riskier because I mean, I, well, I know Saka and Odegaard have been swapping penalties, but. You'd hope Saka's on penalties as well, right? And he's just well. I mean, look at this. He's, he's top for he's top for the three metrics that you want. So mm. okay. yeah, I'd be worried. Not being near Darren. I, I, I don't know how you can make it happen. I know we've just spoken about maybe not selling Son, but if if not in your case because you haven't got him, but for those that are looking at maybe selling Son to Saka, I can't completely understand why you do that. Um, Bruno Fernandez, I think, would be the one that makes way. Oh, I'd do that in a heartbeat. So Bruno Fernandes for Saka this week. Well, Bruno Fernandes is one of those coming out like it's that's definitely happening because, yeah, I mean after the performance against Sheffield United, the whole team it's just not happening. Um, they got Man City up next, obviously, but then they got three good fixtures. But I just don't think I care <laughs> enough. In all fairness, uh, so yeah, because that's all, so the sort of transfer I expected you to make on Monday afternoon, then come onto the pod and said I've already done that. And do you know what? But once I think I would have said, yeah, fair enough. If you'd have come on here and said, I've already done Bruno to Saka, I'd have been like, yeah, fair enough. You, you, you joke. I nearly, uh, I was playing around with the minus eight as I was talking to you guys earlier and I did nearly confirm it. And I was like, I don't want to do that before the pod today. Like, let's go on, see some stats and talk about it and then do it. Um, cool. All right. Well, uh, I'm not getting any in Sheffield United in. So there you go. Uh, All right. Martin can't get any in. He's already got two or three, I think, isn't he? Oh, Sheffield United. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, Archer, was it? Um, uh, no. Right, should we skip this one? <laughs> yeah, I've literally just put the bottom three for the, for the audio. <laughs> yeah, the bottom, I know. The bottom three of the this three. is one of those yeah, where you yeah. make the slides and you're like, yeah, there's, no, there's nothing. There's nothing yeah. in there. Although, oh, it's just... let's just call out very quickly, Burnley do have an all right turn of fixture here. Yeah, yeah, yeah but like... This is the fifth one, I think. So that again, Craig? Sorry, mate. One of their defenders makes sense as the fifth defender. If you, if you, at the moment, if you're not, you're gonna, if you're not on wild card, you're not gonna sell Kabore for Charlie Taylor or something like that. But I think if you're on wild, if you are on wild card, I think the Burnley defender is your cheap one. 
probably does make the most sense, I think, now. Yeah, that's, that's about all there is to say about these two. Okay. Yeah. Uh, get big Dom Solanke and move on. Would you get uh, Lyle Foster <laughs> for Cameron Archer? Do you think he's worth the extra? So those fixtures, was he five million? Oh, I think Lyle Foster, is no, he worth no, point five more than Archer to, to actually play him? Probably not. I'd, I'd, I'd rather have the money in the bank, I think, even if you wouldn't, weren't sure now how to spend it. But yeah. Okay. Well, that brings us to Wolves-Newcastle, which I've got a feeling might be quite a good game. Although Newcastle have been steamroller in some teams, I do think Wolves at home will put up a bit more of a fight. Yeah, well, this visual basically shows that both teams to score is quite likely. Um, I think that's the summary of it. I mean, we spoke about we spoke a bit about Newcastle last week, so I've just concentrated on how this game might go. Really, um, you know, I think people have got the Newcastle assets they were going to get by now. Um, so yeah, Wolves have scored in all their home games so far. Um, Newcastle have um, Newcastle have conceded in almost all of them. Um, so yeah, and you can see the Wolves' home record and Newcastle's away record there on the right hand side. So Wolves' home record uh, on the face of it that looks pretty mediocre, doesn't it? Going at a point a game, only won one out of the last um, out of the last sort of four in all competitions. But um, you know, for a bit of context, you know, they lost to Liverpool when they were really good in the first half. Liverpool turned it around in the second. They obviously beat Manchester City, um, and then they got a, a draw against Aston Villa. So it's it's actually it's actually decent, isn't it? It's better than that picture maybe gives them credit for. Um, and then yeah, Newcastle's away record is a bit patchy, and um, mm. yeah, it's not not great for clean sheets certainly. So yeah, fancy maybe you know Newcastle Newcastle's um, good run of clean sheets might come to an end here, uh, and uh, yeah, I'd probably go. I'd, I'd, I'd still probably expect Newcastle to win like you know two one or something like that, but so I don't don't like them for the clean sheet so much this week. No, here's a question for you then: Is it time to potentially move Trippier on? Craig is a man on a wild card of number ten. Would you be getting Trippier in right now? <laughs> I mentioned Son earlier being a difficult decision. He's the other one <laughs> um, <laughs> because I so I think I want defenders from good teams so at the moment I think Simicast makes sense on my wild card and I think an Arsenal defender makes sense Yeah. the third yeah. one is then very much up in the air depending on what I do with Salah and Haaland in an ideal world I wouldn't want as I said earlier with defenders from weak teams so there is Matt Cash there as, as a possibility as a third defender but I'm not still not completely convinced on his minutes um, a doggy has got okay fixtures so you could have him there but if you want that sort of comfort blanket and safety net of a third defender that you know ticks along, has got numerous routes to points, he's really good for bonus trip here. He's getting assists right now, although overperforming. Um, we saw the assist the weekend. He rolled it into Jacob Murphy, he went to cross it, and he went straight in the back post, and Trippier gets an assist for that. So he's 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 tackled someone a couple of weeks ago on the halfway line and got an assist. And so now he's passed it to Jacob Murphy, whose cross has gone in the back post, and he gets an assist. Well, I call lucky assists aren't going to carry on. But if you're not having Salah around Haaland, he becomes quite easily affordable. Mm. And I'm struggling to think of a better third defender right now just to keep and have ticking over than him. So he's one of those that if I have Salah around Haaland, I decide that I need both and it's something I can't go without, then I probably can't have Trippier. And I'd have to come down to someone else. If I don't have both and sacrifice one, I probably will have him. Unless I decide that someone like Trent's worth a million more, which I'm unsure about as well right now, because Trent's fixtures are better than Trippier's. So I, th I think he's not a desperate sell, just because 
at the moment is not that many standout defenders. We don't have an Estupan and right now who's injured. I say Cash, you might think it's okay, but is he that good? Um, yeah, I don't know. So I, I haven't got an answer right now. I don't think he's a desperate sell if you own him, especially if you've had him for, for a couple of weeks. Um, just very quickly, it's 1-0 to Spurs. Son has scored with a Richarlison assist. Lovely. There goes my what? sky rank. <laughs> yeah, there goes my sky rank as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Sorry, Craig, what was your question? If Park Wolves is fixtures there so far at home, that's a horrible run of home games, right? Brighton, Liverpool, Men City and Villa. Yeah. Four home games yeah. already. I can't make out who the second one is in that list. Sorry. Um it's it's um it's Blackpool it's said cup game. Yeah, well, that's, that makes sense now. And then they've got Newcastle Tottenham, which isn't great either. So at some point they're gonna have a great home run, aren't they, against teams more of their level? It seems like they're playing a lot of home games at the moment against that's the one that starts teams. at Burnley, I think, Craig. Yeah, so starts at Burnley has like the next four or five are really good fixtures for him. Someone like Pedro Neto, we laugh about him, but in terms of mismatches, he's gonna be running against Dan Burn this weekend. Surely that's got mismatch written all over it, right? As a if you're looking at a 1v1 sort of game battle. I've just spoken at the start about how Chelsea managed to isolate Sterling against Zinchenko. If Wolves can get Neto running at Dan Burton, that could be all sorts of problems this weekend, right? And if and if they do that, and then the fixtures that Wolves are coming into, Sheffield United next week, and then on the horizon, as you said, a decent run. Maybe Neto is more a consideration for me than he has been. He hasn't really crossed my mind as a wildcard option right now. I thought about having Gordon as a, a fifth defender, if I can afford a bit more than Cole Palmer, maybe Neto is actually a better option than Gordon, looking at the fixtures coming up. I know Newcastle are a better team than Wolves, but Gordon's got possible rotation around the Champions League and reduced minutes. Neto's going to play every minute of every game for Wolves, right, if he's fit. And he, he can be in place mm. then as a, as a longer-term fifth mid. And I say this week, it's maybe a better fixture for him directly than what many may, may view it as. Um, interesting you put this slide together, Mike, because I didn't even realise that Neto was playing against Dan Byrne. Quite like that. <laughs> it's straight, in the, straight yeah. in the wild card, Pedro Neto. Um, how much is Mateus Kuna? He's about five and a half as well. As a third sub, because I know you're playing a 5-2 formation, 3-5-2 uh, formation, I wondered if you thought about maybe having Kuna. He's still quite positive. Yeah, he's a transfer in the minus 30 million team this week when I'm getting rid of uh, Colton Morris. I think I'm going to do that move. Morris to Cunha this week for that team. Okay, see. I, I like him. That's... I like him as, a, as an option. Yeah. Neto's the boy right for them if you're going to get someone still, I think. Yeah. yeah. What happened to Sarabia? Yeah. He's still there. Yeah, I don't know what's happened to him. I thought he was going to be really good. Is he injured or was he just on there? No, I, just, I don't know, actually. Genuinely don't anyway. know. Um, and for, yeah, so I mean, going back to my very original question, like Trippier, I've got Botman and Trippier. Obviously, Botman is one that's coming out this week, I think, because he's injured now. Like, how said he's close, and then how said after the, after the match, I couldn't say he wasn't, so I decided to say he was. Ridiculous. <laughs> um, Easy move to Gabriel though for you, Darren, isn't it? That. Yeah, yeah, that's my that's my transfer. Basically, one of them is is, is Botman is coming out and uh, and an Arsenal's going in. Um, very easy. Um, Gabriel or Saliba? Because I did look at Gabriel. I was a bit concerned about his minutes, though potentially with Party returning, just like at the start of the season when he wasn't being played. So that was a problem to me. I so I, on, go on. I said on. Arsenal pod that I think him and Zinchenko almost come as a pair. He plays when Zinchenko plays. If Zinchenko doesn't play, he's more at risk. Obviously, Zinchenko weren't great the weekend um, against um, 
against Chelsea. So mm. if Arsenal look at if you look at fixtures for Arsenal and think, do they want an actual better defender at left back here rather than sort of Zinchenko's strengths in other areas? Then I still think he could miss out in games because I think they will go back to they want someone inverting. And if they play Tommy Asu or Kiwi or as the left back, they probably won't invert. So it'll be party probably at right back then inverting, which means White and Saliba probably become the two centre backs. So what happened at the start of the season, although it hasn't happened now for five or six game weeks, I do, I do think it's possible it could there could be games where it happens again, certainly against teams with good wingers. Yeah. Um, um, so you run that risk with him. Saliba's probably worth the extra if you're gonna pay yeah. you want the nailed one. I think there's a few decisions like this on wildcard for me. Do you go a doggy or poro? There's about half a million difference. Do you go Saliba or Gabriel is about half a million difference? Um and I, I think of, of those sort of 50-50 calls, I think I'd I'd probably pay the extra for Saliba, I think, just because if you've got an Arsenal defender, you, you're gonna want them playing, aren't you, through this run? And he's the nailed one. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's absolutely fair. That's that's the, the decision I came up with when I messaged you guys again earlier and said, uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be Saliba uh, over over Gabriel. I think I've got to pay the extra to get the nailed person. Um, cool. Let's move on to West Ham Everton and everybody clambering, me included, to get that man there in their teams. Uh, I wasn't going to, but that might be my other player. Um, I I, yeah. I I struggle with West Ham. I don't particularly like them much. <laughs> I was going to um, say basically the same thing. I've always struggled <laughs> with this. Um, particularly, I mean, last season it didn't really matter, but there's there's been, I think the season before and even the season before that maybe it's cost me. Um, but yeah. yeah, it's it's not West. It's not West Ham. Um, it's it's David Moyes and yes. the, the way yeah, he sets his teams up. But uh, yeah, I'm, I've, I feel a bit the same, Darren. But these, you know, when you look at a couple of seasons ago, and he, you know, he broke 200 points, didn't he? And he's looking good again this year. And these fixtures are really good. I, I feel like I shouldn't be stubborn about it, and um, I should maybe just just get what's in front of me. Um, but yeah, I do. I do share reservations. Um, yeah, but you see, see on the screen there that that was the average positions um, in the game against Villa. Um, so yeah, you you can see there he's number twenty there on the screen. Um, so obviously, obviously, there's been talk of him maybe be playing up front as well. I think Antonio wasn't brilliant at the weekend, so <laughs> he was. Um, so maybe. He, he might even get some games up front in this run. So, yeah, six goals so far from an XG of 3.68. So he is overperforming it a bit, but 3.68 is still pretty good. Um, he's going at um, pretty, well, basically three shots a game. He's getting half of them on target. Uh, he's missed four big chances as well so far this season. Goal conversion, 23%. Um, so he's not even been that clinical, really. No. Um, yeah, it's just... It's, it's tr- it's tr- tricky one. I, th- I I think I feel like I'm gonna kick myself if I don't get him, and I should probably do it. But I mean, my my, my decision is basically I, I want Matoma or or let's go with a Brighton mid to partner him. Is either gonna potentially now be Saka or um Bowen, or can I just would I get Bowen instead of Matoma? Well, I think I've, I, I mean, if it's between Saka and Bowen, I think you've got to go Saka, but. Yeah, it's a really difficult one, that one. <laughs> Is he on your wild card, Craig? Potentially. Um, 
No. Well, he is at the moment because I realised his price was going to go up last night and he's another one on the shortlist. So I stuck him in for now just to make sure I got him at the cheaper price in case I did want him. But I don't, again, a bit like what I said earlier about the defenders, when I can have five midfielders who play for like the top six teams, do I want to be messing around with someone like Bowen? If you look at people in his price point, you've got Embuemo at Brentford, who's probably at a similar-ish standard of team, but taking penalties. You've got Diaby, who's playing centre-forward pretty much, or second striker at Villa, with similar good games. Um, you've got Matoma, uh, or any Brighton mid, really, who are far more proven at scoring three or four goals against teams than West Ham are. Is he better than any of those? And he's more expensive than all three of those I've just listed. I don't particularly trust West Ham. I've been reluctant in the past to Madison at Leicester because he's a talismanic attacking player at a bad, sort of an average team, and I don't like doing it. Bowen's this season's version of someone like Madison when he was at Leicester. Um, yeah. Feels a bit punty to me. Um, West Ham don't show enough attacking drive and enthusiasm for me. They've got good games. And he obviously plays as a pivotal part of their attacking structure. Maybe if he plays up front, it'll help. If they play kudos out wide, he's maybe a bit better at dribbling and creating. Would mm. he get chance? He might get chances. And because West Ham don't keep clean sheets that often either, if he does score, he's probably got a higher chance of getting max bonus with it than the likes of the Arby's got, for example. But a bit like what I was saying about Cole Palmer, can I get five better than him? If I if I don't get Salah as an example, I could get Saka, Son. Um, the same as Homer Diaby there's loads of options around in midfield is he one of the best five I've got reservations at the moment whether he is but I can like, he's, he's one I'm, I'm I'm thinking about but West Ham have to run some of these games right? they're at home to, against teams that are probably inferior to them I don't think we've proven we've seen from West Ham yet that they can actually sort of dictate a game their best performances have been in games where they can just sit back and counter attack they, they beat Brighton like that they put up mm. other fights in, in good games like that are they actually creative enough to sort of lead a game with, when they have to like dominate possession and keep the ball? As you said about David Moyes' mind, I'm not sure he, he, he sort of that's his strength to set a team up to play in that way. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, it's he's one of those I don't think I want him. And when you're picking a wild card, you'd actually play, pick players you want, not players that you're sort of nervous about performing well if you don't own them. And if I was going to pick five midfielders I had a bit more trust in for the next batch of games, there'd be five I'd trust more than West Ham basically. So I can very much see myself not having him. But again, it'll come down to what I can afford, I think, at the time. And if I've got money in the bank and I feel like I can afford him, I might punt him for a couple of games. But my, my gut feeling would is you, no. Would you pick him over either of Martinelli or Matoma? Because that's basically my dilemma. Um, I wouldn't pick him over Martinelli, no. If you, if you like on my wild card, I'm probably going to go to Arsenal defenders. So I'm not going to have Martinelli. But if you're making free transfers... I would prioritise mm. Martinelli over Bowen. What about Matoma? Matoma, I've got other reservations about when we get to the Brighton slide. I'll talk about it on that one. But um, okay. I, I, ideally, I think I'd pick a Brighton mid and Martinelli over Bowen. It's cool. My take. Well, that helps me then. <laughs> That's kind of what I'm at. I'm forming an overall rank, Darren. I wouldn't listen to what I said. That's a good point. I should listen to my own advice, shouldn't I? Um, I'll take my own advice. Um, okay. Villa versus Luton. Yeah, so this is uh, what's on screen is the average positions against um, West Ham. Um, obviously, another good home win. And you can see there, Diaby just playing slightly in advance of, of Watkins, kind of in pretty central area, both of them. Um, and then you've got the season heat map for the two, respectively. So you can see 
despite that average position, it's definitely Watkins that gets more action sort of in and around the six-yard box. Yeah. Um, and Diaby's kind of uh, does drift a little bit more out wide. Um, but yeah, I mean, you you kind of mentioned to me this morning, Craig, about let's have a discussion about whether it's viable to go with both of them. So I'll, I'll let you lead on it because I've kind of I've kind of just done what you asked for here. So I'll, I'll let you lead on it. We saw with West Ham a couple of seasons ago that when we started with Ben Rama and Antonio, it went really well because West Ham had good fixtures and those two were performing well in tandem, I think, in pre-season that year. And for four or five game weeks at the start of that FPL season, two of them were really good. Then we it sort of dried up and the fixtures dried up and we, we moved on. Well, a lot of us kept Antonio for another 20 weeks in some cases, but you, you get the idea. It started well and then got worse. Here, the, the roles have changed, I think, the last three or four game weeks. So I think start of the season, the two of them were both playing actually as forwards. They're both making similar runs, both maybe sort of impacting each other in a negative way, I think, in the way they were playing. I think there's been a change at Villa that's meant Watkins is now leading the line and Diaby is more of a second striker and is causing defenders problem in the sense he drops a bit deeper. And I think defenders are reluctant to sort of push up with him for fear that he's obviously really quick. So that he could just immediately spin and then run into the space that he's created himself by dragging a defender up the pitch or Watkins runs into it on the diagonal. So I think he's, his role now is a bit more of a, as a decoy, I would say at the moment, uh, Diaby. But he is still very highly positioned. He's still in and around the box when Watkins is, is sort of receiving the ball. Watkins has been a bit more selfish, I think, and a bit greedier which is probably meaning Diaby's not getting as many chances. But I think he's been a bit... Those that have had him for a couple of weeks, I've had him in FPL for a couple of weeks, and I feel a bit unlucky that I haven't got much out of him because the amount of goals Villa have scored, you'd expect someone playing that high to be involved. Um, it feels a bit like a bit of a Firmino situation at Liverpool when they used to score loads of goals and he barely got any attacking involvement despite being right up there. So I think it's viable to have both. And... So I just trust Villa far more than West Ham. If you offer me the RB for like 6.5 or Bowen for 7.3, I think if you're looking at saving money to do other things, I'd, I'd probably rather have the RB, I think. But mm. um, his run is more central out wide. I say it's more of a decoy, I think, to drag defenders into zones they don't really want to get dragged into. And by doing that, he obviously gives Watkins then more space to to sort of make, make use of. So... Tough one, but in, in terms of all those midfielders at six and a half, I don't think you can knock one that's playing as high, highly positioned as this that is on sort of involved in the game as much as he is. It's just a lot of his involvement at the moment is not in the box, which is probably not ideal. But I, I still quite like him as a pick, I think. Yeah. Well, it's, it's worth, bringing, worth bringing that up because I think, you know, people might be starting to get frustrated with him and it could it could be one of those situations where you get a bit impatient with somebody, you sell them and then they start returning again. Like It could be one of those, couldn't it? But... Yeah, yeah. He's going to play all the games. He's like so important to how we play at the moment. I say that we haven't got anyone else doing. I know like Leon Bailey's attributes maybe ain't that dissimilar, and Zaniolo's a left-footed attacking player as well. But this second striker that drifts and and things like that is 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 quite pivotal to the way we play at the moment. I think. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I've got Diaby. Uh, I've had him for a while. Um, I'm not not getting off him for the for this uh for this run obviously I, I i do not like having no ollie watkins in all fairness um I, i'm just so many moves away from really getting him um unless i did something absolutely wild like getting rid of harland but decided not to <laughs> um but i'm very happy to hold the rb i think 
he's got to get some returns in the next three. You, uh, he looks very lively. He's very quick. Um, he, to be fair, he was kind of unlucky not to return much against um, a West Ham. In all fairness, he was getting in great positions. So, um, good point. The run of the ball's not really going for him. Anymore. I wouldn't. He's, he's one of those midfielders. The way he plays, he, he has the capability to score a hat trick in a game. Yeah, if, if it all goes well for him at the moment, and there's enough easy, well, easy, but enough nice games in the next three that. Possibility. Do, do you feel as a Villa fan just the one thing is they lack a little bit of creativity in that central part like I don't feel they've got someone who can supply as much um to the to, to sort of him and Watkins as, you, as you'd like um no one central I, I don't really see a pivotal figure in there I like John McGinn is not the man it's just not <laughs> no, number 10 we haven't got an Odegaard or a Cole no Bar. Like that, we, we don't have that creative player, but it's a shame. So, a lot of our players make sort of unusual movements. Our wide players sort of move into sort of narrow positions, and because the RB sort of drags players around, it does create quite a lot of space. The, the two holding mids are really good at controlling the tempo, yeah, true. We've got two full backs that kind of sneak up and and, and do a good job at, with, with, with good delivery from out wide. And, and Watkins is capable, I think he's shown a few times in recent weeks, of sort of making chances for himself from positions that. Even a goal against West Ham, right? That could have easily gone wrong. The fact that he little step over, shifted onto his left, and took Zuma out of the game and then scored. A couple of goals against Brighton, he didn't really look like there was too much on, and he managed to score. So I don't feel like we. It would almost mess our formation up because we'd have to drop the RB, I think, to play a, a really creative player, and that it, it's a nice deep one for Watkins because he is so quick and such a danger in his own right. I think teams are very reluctant to leave the RB one v one against. They him. don't. They yeah, they really don't. Yeah, they man on him. You, they basically can't control both of them because they're always reluctant to leave anyone 1v1 v either of them. And then that maybe allows McGinn to sort of drift in and get involved in the game. Zaniolo has been very useful. Jacob Ramsey might be coming back soon. It's quite an exciting time. Watkins is still the priority for Villa. The, the, the team is geared towards creating chances for him. Um, yeah. And as much as he's overperforming right now and... I think there's, there were some numbers going around today that in the last sort of four seasons, he's, he's always performed pretty much in line with his XG. At the moment, he's comfortably outperforming his XG. So there's an expectation it will it will start regressing. But I would argue we've not had a team set up to supply him in, in this way before. He's high on confidence right now. He's always been a bit streaky, but I think he's really hard not to own at the moment. I think Watkins, if you haven't got him now, I've not had him all season yet. He's, he's on my wild card and... There is a feeling that he may regress, but I think you have to, if, he should be a priority. I think him and Saka, if you haven't got them right now, I think are the two, especially for you, Darren, if you've got neither, I think they'd be the two I'd be looking to try and prioritise getting in. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. absolutely fair. Cool. Okay, three games left. First up, Brighton for them. Yeah, so Brighton's, Brighton's a really, really strong run of fixtures is now upon us. Um, but yeah, they've got some some injury issues. So does that help or hinder us really um, in deciding what to do about this? So just on the screen, there's a, a quote from Deserbi after the after the um, the Man City game. He said, "This is the worst thing today. I think we can lose Solly March for a long time, and Welbeck. I don't know. It's a muscular problem. This season is different. We're losing too many players. We play against Ajax on Thursday, a crucial game without a Stupinan." Lamptey, March, Welbeck, I think, and Julio and CISO. Um, and then what's on the screen there, um, I appreciate it's quite small, but what it is basically is 
um, Brighton's squad ranked by minutes played so far this season. So, I mean, March and Stupinan, um, maybe out of the picture for now. Dunk's the only player really that's played um, kind of every minute he's been available for. Uh, Matoma is not too far behind him. Um, but then you're into like Gross and Veltman and João Pedro and Billy Gilmore. Like, do we really want to be worrying about these players or are we going to punt people like Ferguson or Dringa? I'm... Okay. Um, I can I tell you where I am. A, I don't have any Brighton, Brighton players at the moment, so I'm struggling with this. Go on. Yeah, yeah. This, is, this is the really hard Go thing. On, yeah. I, looked at, I looked at the Brighton fixtures and I'm like, I need, I need someone in from Brighton. And I looked at Ferguson and he's 6 million. I looked at João Pedro and I think he's low fives at the moment, which makes much more sense to me. But then I was like, uh, March got injured, didn't he? And that, that, for me, made me think, do I go for Ansu Fati? Do I take a punt on a slight differential from Matoma, um, who I know can return is a very good player, and I think his minutes will increase. I think the only reason he wasn't really playing was because he wasn't fit, but now he is. Uh, and with March injured, I think France, uh, Ansu Fati is, is not a bad punt at all. Um, it, it definitely feels like, as a man on a wild card, Craig, you've probably got more than one Brighton player, I'd expect. I don't have any at the minute. Madness. With that four run with that game four four run? Yeah, I don't know who to own. And my res- like at, at the top there, you, you can look at all the players that are injured. So if Stupin ends the first choice left back, he's injured. Lamptey was then the cover, he's now injured. Solly March then moved to play left back and he's now injured. Brighton's kind of tactic is to play predominantly down their left side, and they like to use triangles between the left back, the left winger, and one of the central midfielders. And so they'll want an actually attacking player playing at left back. So if you look at their squad at the moment, the, the obvious player to put left back next, bearing in mind all their injuries, is probably Igor, the defender they bought from Fiorentina. <laughs> yeah. he, he's left-footed, so it makes sense. He, he's not the, the tallest guy either. So logic would say he goes to left back, then Webster or Van Heck comes into the middle to play with Duncan, then Veltman probably stays right back. But he's a very defensive option as a left back um, and then they lose sort of a key sort of attacking arm of their team that's been there since the Zerbi joined so what other options have they got now to play left back I'm pretty sure there was a couple of games last year at least one game last year where Matoma was used as a very defense a deep player down the left I don't know if you could say outright it was a left back or a wing back or, or something like that but considering the turmoil in the squad at the minute and the, the injuries and I think they'll want to play an attacking option at left back to 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 sort of play the same way that they're used to playing. Very sort of outrageous sort of opinion, but I wouldn't be surprised if Matoma ended up playing left back for a game or two here. And if he is, I don't want him. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm struggling to see who else might do it. I agree with you, Darren, that Fatty or a Ding, you're not going to probably pick a Dingra, but if, if Matoma did go to left back, Fatty and Adingo would play as the two wide players because, again, then they're running short of options out wide as well. Yeah. But me saying Matoma's going to play left back is only a guess. And if he does play on the wing, then Adingo versus Fatty's the sort of battle for the other wing, isn't it? And Adingo's been playing more minutes lately. I've, I've started more games lately out of the two. Uh, so Fatty's minutes aren't guaranteed either. No. This is what I'm looking at. So Matoma could play left back. You've got two other wingers who are probably competing against each other for a start. Ferguson 
you'd argue looks quite good now if Welbeck's injured, but we don't know how long for. Could they play with Joel Pedro up front and find a way to play Fatty as a 10 behind him or something? That's that's, what, that's what they've done before. Doesn't want to play Ferguson too many games close together. So his minutes aren't secure either. I'm just looking at this Brighton team and thinking I don't really want to defend it because they're not keeping any clean sheets. Their best midfielder is at risk of playing in defence because they're so short. And all the other midfielders sort of all rotate around each other. You can't trust any of them. And do I want to get involved in this free-for-all almost? I'd, I'd love a piece of it, but I just don't know who I can trust right now. I'm more inclined to wait until they play Sheffield United at home. Have another assessment of what their sort of fitness and injury sort of list is like at that point, And then maybe bring one in just for that sort of one or two game week run against Sheffield United and Forest, then move him on again. The, the, the perk of the wild card is that you should have a good squad, right? And then it gives you that opportunity to bring a Brian player in for two weeks and move him on again because you shouldn't have too many other fires. That's the, the, the money game, right? That's Sheffield United at home game. So I may just reassess at that point and get one, maybe two in or something for that. But it's too much of a minefield, I think, at the minute to be messing around when there's so many options that... Are more nailed than Brighton players and almost just as good. Yeah, it's a tough thanks one. For not, I'd, thanks for not helping. I'd, I'd love, I'd, I'd absolutely love to own Ferguson and I still might do it for pure vibes, but um, <laughs> that basically would be would be it though. Uh, yeah, really, really tricky. Really tricky. Yeah, I think I would go for. If I, if I decide on my wildcard, I want eight attackers to all play and I'll just bench one every week who's got the worst game. He's the one I would have. I'd punt him for mm. four games and then move him on and do something else at, at that point. Because I'm not written that. If I say if I don't go for Haaland and Salah together, just one of them, I can afford eight attackers. I could have like Gordon or Neto as the fifth mid. I can have Ferguson as the third striker. And then you just play bench the player with the weakest game each week, right? Whoever that happens to be. That's a viable strategy for me on wildcard, not to have that dead sort of archer spot or even Cole Palmer yeah. with six bad games. I can spend a little bit more on the third striker and the fifth mid and then put myself in a position that I bench one. And I, I would really... Ferguson would be my third striker, I think, if I did that. Yeah, I'm not ruling him out. We hope we helped everyone with their Brighton assets. Huh? Um, well, we've got the, it's the Europa League this Thursday, so if we find that one of these, we might get a better idea on how... Uh, yeah, that is... That is true. See, see how many people get injured for Brighton on Thursday night. Well, and I'll then... be paying very close attention to who the left back is. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it'll be some. It'll be some South American guy who's absolutely fire, and it'd be like, I've never heard of him, but he comes out and he's just brilliant. It's the Brighton way. Um, Liverpool versus Forest. Yeah. So just a quote from Klopp on uh, Simicast here. Um, he's saying, "Thank God it's not only cost us because otherwise, with the amount of games we have." We'd already be a bit short, but we have Joe Gomez who can play the position. We have Luke Chambers and other young boys who show up in training. Costas is definitely the most experienced in the position, so that's good. But he cannot play in all the games from now on. So we need other options as well. And that's what we have to make sure we can use all of them. Um, That's worth saying that Liverpool have things like, you know, um, a League Cup game next week. Um, they're obviously in a decent position in their group in Europe, I, I think, and um, yeah. they'll have games there as well. So this quote doesn't necessarily mean that Simicast won't just play all the Premier League games. Yeah, And then Joe, Joe Gomez and Luke Chambers might play in Europe and in the um, Carabao Cup. That's perfectly possible. Um, but yeah, a lot of people will have 
Simicast sort of on their on their radar. I think I think for a wild card, I would definitely pick him. Um, but for someone like me who's just using transfers, uh, I, I I think I can afford to leave it. I think there's there's other things I'd like to do, but. You haven't got him yet, have you, Darren? Is, is he on your radar? No, I, uh, he, he, I, I considered a minus four this week. I remember speaking to you guys about it and taking out Botman or Aaron Hickey for Simakas, but I, uh, I decided against it, actually. Um, and even even in my next next bout of transfers this week, not not for me, I don't think. Um I'd love to. I'd love to own him. He's very cheap, and he does enable stuff. But at the same time, I, I kind of think I need an Arsenal player as, as more priority going forward because he's just it's just a future transfer out for me. It's just annoying. What do you think, Craig? If you weren't on wildcard, would you would you bother getting him in? Would you think like with like me for example? Like all, like I said earlier, all my defenders are cheap anyway, so he doesn't even help me free up money. It's it's probably worth noting that he obviously was subbed at the weekend. Uh, on 61 minutes so mm. you've got to be careful that if he's going to be subbed roughly that time each game week he might not even get your clean sheet points you know i thought when he came off at 61 minutes i was like jesus christ that's close into the second half and i checked the time and i was like people who got him in have just got clean sheet from Simakas. they're very lucky to do so in regards to the 60 point 60 minute mark that won't happen each time. Sometimes it might be the 59 um, and you ain't getting anything from him but two points. So, yeah. He's not a very good defender is the problem. So if he comes up against quite a good winger, then it's more than plausible he'll pick up a yellow card in the first half an hour and he's on eggshells for the rest of the game and then the manager might haul him off at half-time for fear of getting a second yellow or put a better defender on. So, no, probably Martin is the answer. I probably wouldn't get him in, in your position. Um, for me, I think he's a perfectly fine hold for a handful of weeks on wild card before I could probably win Botman comes back. I'll probably sell Simicast for Botman at some point around then and mm. make that switch. But it's only really the next two that are quite appealing. He, he could get attacking returns in both. He, he's quite adventurous going forward. But so I think he's going to be prone to a yellow card because he's not the best defender. Certainly in this game against Forest, if they decide to play a... And that's Hudson Odoi or someone like that against him. That that could be a bit of a mismatch in terms of attack versus defence. If he gets to run at him on a counter attack, um, then Brentford, Man City, not super amazing. Him against Mbwemo and it might actually not be too bad against Man City because they haven't really got a right midfielder. But yeah, I, I don't think it's desperate times to get him in if you if you don't have him on with free transfers. I'd be prioritising an Arsenal defender over him if you haven't got one of them. Yeah, that's the that's the longer term play. I mean, I know we know Robertson's going to be out for a little while now, but yeah. I mean, there isn't there is an international break in, involved in that as well. So, yeah, I I, I think for me personally, because I'm playing a back three as well, it's like I haven't got that many options. You know, who I'd drop for him, and um, yeah, it just doesn't feel like a huge priority. It's a nice option on wild card. It's a nice option if you've had um, you know a problem in defence. It's like oh yeah, I'll just get Simicass in. Like, but otherwise, I'm not. I'm not too bothered about it personally. I'd rather get him than someone like Mark Gwaii or Paul Torres or something like that. If you're looking at defender like that for four and a half million, I think I'd rather punt Simakas for a handful of weeks. But if if you're more than happy, I'd, if you, say if you've got a little bit extra and can get to an Arsenal defender, I'd do it. Mm. Um, and if you if you've already got, have you got money? You haven't got Trippier and stuff, have you? You got a doggy? Yeah, I've got you. You doggy. Um, I mean, I mean, th- there is an argument because my defence. Uh, my defence 
this weekend was Udogi, Shah, and Pinnock, um, which which was fine. Obviously, you know, Pinnock came in for Botman and obviously got his clean sheets. So that's fine. This weekend, it's a bit trickier. You know, if Botman doesn't play, well, I've already said I expect Wolves to score against Newcastle, and then Pinnock's got Chelsea away. So you you could argue I'll just get Simicast for Botman, even if it's for a hit, but I just don't really. I just can't get that excited about it. I don't think. No, so I, as much as I've got reluctance around Gabriel's minutes, I think for point two more, I think I'd rather rather go to Gabriel. I think and play get if you can play Gabriel, share and you doggy most weeks. I think it's probably not too bad. Yeah, 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 and uh, yeah, that's the other thing that selling Son does for me because I can get I can get Botman to to Gabriel probably not this week, but unless I did it for a hit, but in a future week. Um, yeah. Okay. Anything else on this game? No. Salah's good. <laughs> Done. Yeah, we've already spoke about the captaincy, so we can probably certainly have. Yeah. Big the big one, the final game of the game week. Yeah, Man United, Man City. So, what's on the screen is just the expected goal involvements um, from the start of the season. So that's on the left hand side. So the players with the highest expected goal involvement so far: Salah top, then Haaland, then Mbwemo. Then Saka um, and Bruno Fernandez in in fifth. So he's been underperforming a bit, really. So it's the question of will they turn the corner? Obviously, this Man City game isn't brilliant, although Man United do have a history of sometimes doing right in this game. Uh, obviously, they won this fixture last season, um, and then after that, they've got three good games again. So I mean, I I haven't got this problem, but a lot of people do. See, Rashford is nowhere near this list, um, but Bruno Fernandez is is actually doing not too bad, is he? So he's fifth on this list for expected goal involvement. Um, his heat map is on the bottom, on the right-hand side there. So he's going at three shots per game. Oh, Madison just scored. It was I, was, I was literally about to um, say, the two guys in the <laughs> middle of this list have just combined to score. Which one was it? Um, yeah, yeah, son assist, Madison goal, which is going to hurt me. Got, in yeah. yeah. FPL is going well. I've got some medicine and a doggy. This is going well, right? Yeah, a dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, I mean, I've got a clean sheet. Um, Sod off. Carry on. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, the game will the game will be finished when people listen to this back. Anyway, so he's going at three shots per game. Um, One point two on target a game. Um, he's six big chances created, and he's going at um, just over three key passes a game. So. Um, he is quite a tough sell, I suppose. Is the is the point where, where, as I say, Rashford is just nowhere. I think you know Rashford now. You really are. It really is just blind faith that him and Man United might turn a corner at some point. I don't think you're really basing it on much more than that, really, are you? But with with Fernandez, I think it's slightly different. There are signs that it could turn for him. Um, and then the other image there is um, Alvarez's heat map. And Alvarez's is um, stats for the season so far. So oh. I think a lot of people thinking of selling him this week, oh, including me for, for Ollie Watkins. Um, so yeah, a bit of discussion around that really. Are they both sells? Is Fernandez a keep? Um, is everybody selling Alvarez right or wrong to do so? Discuss really. You're right, Aaron. It sounds like you had a bit of Tourette's for a second there. I did, yeah. A, a, a doggy's just gone off uh, six uh, before 60 minutes. So that's no clean sheet for me for him. Oh. So... Uh, or, or anybody here. Uh, I basically needed uh, double. I basically needed ten points from uh, DRB and Adogi to hit the hundred this week, and I've got four from both. So fuck them. There's my Tourette's. 
Was um, <laughs> well, it injured? No, just just, just subbed for Emerson Royale because they're two nil up, I guess. Um, in regards to your question, Martin, I've got Alvarez and I have toyed this week with getting rid, but I look at it and he's not on this list, but it, I don't know why it feels like he should be. Um, I think he's a really good asset and I, I'm still happy to keep the uh, the double up now, in all fairness. You're sick, okay, you'll keep your key. Martin, who are the two heat maps? Alvarez and who? Alvarez. Alvarez. Alvarez, Alvarez and Bruno. Alvarez is at the top. Bruno's top, at the yeah. bottom. Okay. Mm. This is probably one of another one of my sort of big wildcard decisions. Those Man City fixtures obviously aren't amazingly good right now. And I've already said that the pool of strikers isn't the deepest. I've got money. I've, I've got Alvarez quite cheap compared to his current price. So I've got quite a lot of money tied up in him. But are these Man City fixtures good enough? And are Man City attacking in such a way right now that suggests they're going to score hatfuls of goals each game? I, I'd argue not. They're not looking like a team that are going to put three, four past anyone to me right now. Their attack feels a bit predictable and a bit limited. And I'm not completely sold. I want to go in with a wild card with holding both of them, considering what we've gone through already in this part around the good fixtures that those other teams have got. Do I want to take two attacking spots up with Man City players when I could have X number of other players from, from better teams? So fixture-wise, you'd, you'd rather punt someone like Hoyland over Alvarez, right? Or do I not have Haaland on my wild card because the fixtures aren't great? His numbers aren't certainly not of the standard that makes him a £40 million player. And if no Haaland means I can have a midfield that might include Salah, Son, Saka... Bruno and Diaby or something, and I can still have Alvarez and Watkins as my two strikers. Is Watkins, considering Alvarez is like half the price of Harlan, mm. is Alvarez the one to keep? Because as you say, his numbers aren't bad. He doesn't look like he's going to be dropped anytime soon. He's quite involved. Um, a week ago, I'd have laughed if I'd have really considered no Harland on my wild card, but it's a lot more of a consideration now than it was then. And I'm, I'm gonna, that's going to be my second part of my wildcard series, what we do around Salah, Haaland, if we have one or the other or both. And no, Haaland is, is a possibility now because I think Alvarez is performing very close to Haaland and yet he's half the price. Um a bit harder for you guys. Obviously, you're not going to sell Haaland if you've only got free tra- a couple of free transfers each week. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, on yeah. a wild, it's, it's feasible, I think. Yeah, on, on the wild card, it's certainly feasible. I looked at it, as I as I said today, I thought if I got rid of Haaland, it opens up the ability for me to get Ollie Watkins, potentially Saka. It was quite it was quite nice, but it's the fear factor of not having Haaland. You know what he's capable of. And it's also the fear factor of getting him back. Like genuinely, if you, if you, if you try and get him, go without him now, it's very, very difficult to get him back because he's so much money. And uh, I mean... I can't remember when you get your second wild card, but you're pretty much, I think, waiting for that. Um, if uh, if you if you try and take him out now with transfers, I, I won't be considering that. <laughs> I'm not sure I would do. I think in in your position, Craig, I'd be tempted because um, you know, with uh, with respect, you've got some great, a bit of ground to make up, haven't you? But um, but it is also quite early in the season, so yeah, it's a difficult balancing act. But, but the hard part with him is if you don't go with him, you're not going to keep money back to get him in. And you're going to spend all your budget even without him in your team. So if it comes to the point when their fixtures change or their attacking capabilities improve and you want him, 
you probably need to take money out of like four or five people to free. I know you, even if you move from Salah to Haaland, you still need to find a million and a half, which might not be like possible in one move. So you give yourself a big problem when you want to get him back in, I think is the hard part because yeah, it's an easy way to do it. And I say in a lot of cases, you need to free up a million from one player, another million from someone else. And it becomes five or six player chain almost just to free up money for him. And is mm. it worth the aggravation of leaving yourself that problem with someone who can get as many points as he can get? But if you're looking at who's delivering value for money right now and who you want, all, all the players, you, if you imagine if you've got no Haaland, what you can have. I, I might, I'm, I'm not saying I can, but I might be able to have Trippier, Trent in my defence, Salah, Saka, Son in midfield all by not having Haaland. It sounds quite exciting when you look at it like that, but it won't, <laughs> it ain't, it won't be that exciting when yeah. Haaland has the points. <laughs> No, no. Yeah, I, it, I think it's, I think it depends. If you've got to look at the captaincy each, each week, haven't you? And decide. I think if you're happy to take it on from a captaincy perspective, it's. I suppose it's similar to what you know. My stance on Salah has always been: he's he's clearly a really good asset, but there's probably not much point getting him if you're not willing to captain him now and again. Mm. Um, and I suppose it's the same. It's a similar thing with Haaland, really. It's. Um, how much do you think you're actually captain him, and maybe maybe that helps swing it? I don't know. Yeah, and I say if you can't see it on the screen on the fixtures, but I think from that Luton point, it gets quite good. And I say then mm. six weeks, I'm then going to be scrambling around trying to free money up to get him back. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. So your headaches all around, really. It's not hard. Not 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 easy, is it? I won't be against captain in this week, to be fair. We've seen how bad Man United are in defence, right? We're all talking about Saka and Salah and stuff, but I wouldn't write off Haaland in this game because Man United, this, Man City could score. If they're on a good day and Man United defenders, they have been. Mm. Absolutely fair to say, yeah. Definitely. Oh, yeah. I mean, we saw the, the game that the Etihad last season. They battered them, right? Didn't Haaland and Foden both score a hat-trick? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, we know what he can do. That's the scary thing, isn't it? But. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, they did, didn't they? Yeah, it was horrific. Um, cool. Are we done? We are. That's it. It is. Um, like, follow, subscribe, and all that good stuff. Uh, really enjoyed that, chaps. Uh, it made me really consider what to do with my transfers this week uh, and still have absolutely no idea. So that's what we're here for. Yeah, I'm definitely less sure about what I was doing than before. So that's, um, that's good stuff. Yeah. At least you've only got one or two decisions to make. I've got 15. Yeah, so, yeah, I was going to say, although I, to be fair with you, yeah, game week 10 is a lovely time to wild card. It's a very good run of fixtures coming up for a lot of teams. So I'm still secretly jealous of, of what you've done. Should have, should have waited. Got to get a red arrow this week. I think every year our wild card usually starts with a red arrow. So I'm not going to change the habit of a lifetime here. I, I probably expect a red arrow this weekend. Red arrow into a wild card into a red arrow. Not the way it should yeah. work, really. Um, yeah, never mind. <laughs> we'll see. Hopefully, I reckon you'll be high score game week 10. You'll be up there, not me. You'd think so, I'm, I'm, taking a, I'm taking a minus four or eight, so I'm definitely not going to be up there this week. <laughs> It'll be fine. Uh, cool. As I mentioned, like, follow, subscribe. Uh, oh, we're past 700 subs. We are, Ooh, yeah. Six minutes. Thank you, everybody. We appreciate it. Um, and we'll be back at various times this week with more pods. <laughs> I think that's the yeah. overrunning factor. Uh, all right. And if, if, you, if you are on a wild card, then Craig's got a three-parter. Part one is already out um, and there's two more to come. Right. So if you're on wild card, then head over to the YouTube channel, subscribe so you could get notified when they come out, etc. Oh, lovely little plug. 
didn't even have to do it myself. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, cheers. Speak to you soon. See you later. Bye.